0: Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of IFN Podcast. My name is Vinita Tan, the Managing Editor of Islamic Finance News. And today we'll be talking about supply chain finance. The supply chain finance remains relatively unfamiliar to businesses, especially in the ASEAN region. It is, however, an area of finance that is commanding more attention, especially as the COVID-19 pandemic compels SMEs and corporates to seek more efficient alternative lines of financing to support operations, to help us understand the landscape a little better, the opportunities as well as the challenges in the Islamic supply chain financing sector, we speak to Norita Jaffa, the CEO of TFX Islamic, an Islamic finance company specializing in share-compliant supply chain finance. All right, Norita, thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, we're really excited to have you on our show because uh, we will be discussing supply chain finance, particularly looking at um, the asset class or the financing in the Islamic finance context. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, Supply chain finance is obviously relatively new, but also very fast growing. And we see that especially in um, Western democracies. Um, And in recent years... uh, in Asia perhaps also in Malaysia we are seeing more of supply chain finance or at least traditional financial institutions such as banks looking at offering supply chain finance solution. Um, That being said though the reality is that um, supply chain finance is not as familiar um, to the market as compared to either conventional or even Islamic financing. So can you perhaps set the scene for us Um, let's start our conversation with what is the landscape like for supply chain financing?
1: Thanks. Um, So I think the word supply chain itself can be very daunting. Okay, so let me tell you the two broad definition of supply chain, um, from an understanding from the as you said de- Western demographies, right? So the first one is essentially uh, you look at the entire downstream to upstream of supply chain of a co- of a company, and how how do you, how does financing comes comes in to ensure that uh, there is uh, especially with the current uh, current economic climate how uh, the disruption can be avoided or mitigated, right? So that's one. So if finances come in, understand the whole supply chain works and see how they can finance it. That's one. The second one, which is um, I think perhaps 70% of uh, what the market is using now is they have used supply chain in a way where um, it's buyer-led, where uh, the, co- the the large the large companies who are the the buyers um, is able to use their investment grade for the vendors um, to finance. What that means is that um, um, the 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 approved invoices or the, the the trade receivables or the PO documents of the SMEs um, can uh, the interest borrowing rates can be based on the investment grading. Of the uh, of the corporate buyers, so that's that's essentially SMEs uh, uh, piggy bagging on the on the corporate buyer. So that's the second definition of it. Um, so what's what's in it? What's in it for both parties, the SMEs and the corporate buyers? So uh, I, I, if if you if you ask the 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 players, the enablers of supply chain in in US and the UK, they will tell you 70% of their clients uh, who are corporates, they see this uh, as a means to actually extend their days' payable outstanding. Uh, in Malaysia, you follow the Act, um, uh, the corporates have to pay the vendors at 45 days. Um, but if a financer comes in and finances their vendors, the buyer can extend their 45 days credit terms to longer, 60, 90 days. So, hence, their DPO is extended, this payable outstanding is extended, and they are able to optimize their working capital within the corporate. So, that's one reason, right? Um, and secondly, of course, uh, you know, a lot of companies now, you see in part of their sustainability reporting, they have an, a big obligation to ensure that the vendors are there to 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 be there to to serve them in a um, uh, in a sustainable supply chain. Okay, what's in it for the SMEs? Obviously, two things. First is lower rates. So once you know an SME get an a trade finance, which is you know latched to the investment grade of the corporates. Ideally, I mean, essentially, they get lower rates than if they will go to the uh, to a straight uh, trade financing to a bank. Okay, for SME, that's it. But supply chain finance only works efficiently if there's a technology platform and because of this um, you get your disbursement faster a lot of things are done in a very efficient manner and speedy yeah so so um, that that's that's essentially the definition and the benefits of supply chain finance so in Malaysia you see uh, you know I I um, the government has um, I've heard about supply chain in the last one years so last week we here in the budget announcement that the government has allocated some $300 million to Exim Bank. So uh, that's great, that's great, you know, because for us, um, if uh, we applaud, if the government is also with the private sector to do this, um, so that's that's where the, we see the initiative moving to- towards. So next year will be an exciting supply chain finance year. Um, if you're looking at how much the value... There is uh, for supply chain, uh, you look at uh, the untapped value for trade payables in Malaysia alone is 100 billion. So that's how much SMEs could have used their papers for financing, but it's untapped. Um, at the public listed companies, they have about 20 billion of untapped trade payables. Ringgit. Yes, ringgit. So that's that's huge. Yeah? So There's that enough pie for everyone, honestly. Yeah.
0: So when we look at it, obviously, you've talked about the advantages of supply chain finance, lower rates and speedy being efficient. Um, Supply chain finance adoption rate is still relatively low. Um, What are some of the challenges or barriers when it comes to um, adopting supply chain
1: finance? Right. Um, So there is uh, quite uh, a few banks in Malaysia that um, doesn't carry out trade finance in a in a big way, so hence it's very manualized, right? Um, so supply chain finance uh, cannot be adopted in a big way if it's, still, uh, it's not if it's not automated, right? So you you have to be connected to the system at the buyers, uh, you have to be connected to the banking system, and it has to be very seamless user journey to the SMEs because you you have to remember with uh, a supply chain finance, the SMEs will expect money within one to two days. You know there is the the, the the banks, if they want to do trade finance, if they are not automated, the SME folks will get money 15 days, right? And that's just that's just too long. So, yeah, so um, supply chain finance will only work if, if there's a platform, there's a technology that's robust enough that's able to interface all three um, target users, which is in this case, the buyers, the supplier vendors and the finances. And it has to work real, t- real time seamlessly.
0: So technology is at the core driving supply chain finance. Um, in that sense, you know, TFX Islamic is positioning itself. You guys just launched. Um, you are the first uh, digital supply chain finance platform in Malaysia. But We are also seeing banks offering supply chain finance. So in that sense, um, how is your offering different from that of a bank? If tech, you need tech for it to work anyways, right?
1: Right, right. Okay, uh, this is it, right? I, 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 honestly, if you look at from our where we come from as a fintech, we are not here to compete with the banks, you know, and I think there's absolutely no way. So we, we are here to collaborate. And I think banks in Malaysia are slowly understanding that there are certain space of products uh, within them that it is, um, it's easier to work with fintechs. Right. so in the case of uh, supply chain finance um, it requires you to be able to have a deep understanding of the corporates how do you optimize the working capital how do you uh, have a balance sheet that have a healthy performance over the several years it really takes um, um, a combination of uh, you know an accountant and advisory and is it is 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 a, it's, it's a tot- um, a, di- uh, a diverse um, knowledge which is just beyond banking and disbursement and settlement, right? Um, so it, the bank, if the bank is ever to do supply chain finance, they have to find a supply chain finance expert, which is a talent which is very, very rare in Malaysia. Um, so hence, working with a fintech or enabler, a catalyst like us works well, right? Because we, we understand how the corporate buyers work. So they just figure out how to, you know, fund, right? Do the financing part. Um, and, and I think there is um, uh, there is always that engagement with the SMEs that the banks cannot address everything, right? So this is where we come in as well, where the relationship with the SME, how, do you, how is it recurring? How do we manage the retention part and all that? And um, being in a, in a, on a platform, understanding um, SMEs retention, and return customers is a totally ball, different ball game altogether. Yeah, yeah. And how does
0: Islamic supply chain finance fit into the narrative? Because For example, TFX Islamic, your parent company is in Singapore, Mm. right? And they belong in the conventional space. Mm. And it was a conscious decision, a strategic decision to launch the Malaysian business in the Islamic space, right? So perhaps you could shed a bit of light on one, the Islamic supply chain financing market and also what kind of opportunities do you see for Islamic supply chain?
1: Okay, um... So I think us being here in Malaysia, um, you know, Malaysia, uh, I wouldn't say Islamic is, is matured, it's growing. And we are talking about billions and trillions that is essentially untapped. So if we look at it from that perspective. And if you look at the list of bursa companies, um, that is um, Sharia Compliant. Is, is huge, right? Is and the requirement for you to be Sharia compliant, where you have to put your deposits, your finance have to come from, you know, um, an Islamic financier and so forth. There's, there's still that large opportunity that is, uh, you know, uh, that is untapped. So, uh, hence in Malaysia, we feel that there is still that um, that space that we we can we can tap. Uh, and us being in Malaysia ourselves, we feel that we must be solid ho- home ground first. Okay, um, so this is also where uh, we work closely with Refinitiv. So Refinitiv, uh, previously owned by Thomson Reuters. So uh, we we grow with them in the Islamic space as well. Yeah.
0: Where do you see the opportunities for Islamic supply chain finance in terms of like geography? Obviously, Malaysia is one. Yes.
1: Where else? Yes. Um, oh, okay, I think you know the numbers better. So <laughs> so we, we we are second in this space. All right. Um, the challenge with supply chain of uh, Islamic finance is that um, you have to understand that we all we all know you know that as well that the treatment of the Islamic compliant all differ from one country to another. There's still no standardization, right? Uh, so to translate that into uh, uh, the technology processing, um, how to feel the compliant, when the regulators themselves in some some Islamic countries are still very vague, vague is a challenge. So um, this is where if we ever to scale overseas, we have not just to see the market opportunities for Islamic, whether the regulators are ready. For a fintech to do Islamic, uh, Islamic treatment in the way that if it's not if, if it's not dictated by regulators, how do we say it? How we define the standards and all that, so that's the challenge. But I think the opportunity is huge. You know, we we have countries like Bangladesh and Pakistan who's got really single digit Islamic um, uh, finance exposure and so forth. So yeah, so that there is a large opportunity for us.
0: On that note about the importance of having the right re- regulatory framework or mm, support, yeah. how's the regulatory landscape like here in Malaysia for supply chain finance slash Islamic supply chain financing?
1: Okay, so uh, that's, that's the, uh, the part, right? That's the, we've been lucky because I think we go to issuers and uh, all the banks, all the Malaysian banks has is Islamic banking. So it's an easy chat, it's an easy opening for us. And we've also always uh, we've been lucky with the corporate buyers too because um, the GLCs and the public listed companies we've been talking to, all of them are actually kind of like uh, fall under the guideline of shariah pillar in the bursa. Um, right, so it's not like oh, oh, they, you know, okay, do I go Sharia or do I go com- convention? No, it's it's like an understanding. It's just at the SME space. Um, bec- uh, they would still look at the commercial um, rates. They would still look at the commercial viability. They still compare. Hence, uh, from where we come from, we still have to ensure that the Islamic rates is competitive with the, the conventional ones. So, yeah, um, that that's only our only um, um, issue for us. Other than that, I think if you ask between Islamic and conventional, there is... Uh, no large barrier for entry for us. It's been it's been very pleasant.
0: So tell me, what's your growth strategy? I guess I've just launched, but obviously this was uh, many months in the making. Mm-hmm. So what's next? What can we expect from TFX over uh, the next 12 months?
1: Oh yeah, so we're excited, right? So about this, because I think we are at the time where um, corporates are looking for alternative financing. Uh, corporates are doing corporate restructuring with the existing banks. Uh, How else can we do this without affecting our credit lines with our existing banks? How, How can we do this without impacting our balance sheet? But at the same time, they ha- we, uh, corporates have an obligation to ensure supply chain is sustainable, products and services are not disrupted. Uh, we have a, a, an obligation to the nation to play a role to ensure SMEs are assisted, right? I think how much can, how much, um, can the government help, you know, in terms of funding? Can the government have tenacity to help uh, SMEs end-to-end? They don't. So this is where large corporations and uh, corporates have to come in and help. So, um, yeah, so, so for us, it's like um, the, the corporates welcome us, right? It's just um, it takes time to actually educate them. And of course, when you work with corporates, there are a lot of uh, departments, entities that have to get a buy-in. So hence, we're hoping that we, we're really thinking like, is there an easier way or faster way to help the SMEs, right? So uh, that is a constant dialogue that we have to keep telling them like you have to help them. I mean it's, n- it's not about your bureaucratic process anymore right uh, just get on get on quickly with it yeah
0: so say there's a lot of education required yes, yes, and yes. that would be something you'd be engaging as well yes sure.
1: we, we have to yeah that is the most time consuming for us actually
0: so like your could you share with us perhaps like your priorities for 2021
1: mm-hmm. um, um so I, I think um oh, well, For 2021, we see ourselves actually positioning ourselves as the market leader in Islamic supply chain finance. Um, We have uh, embarked that in the last couple of weeks. Um, We will continue on with our buyer-led strategy. Um, Over time, you will hear us uh, advancing um, in our technology space. Um, We will not just be focusing on buyer-led supply chain finance because, again, we we are a tech company first. Um, and then we hope to establish more partnership with banks and financial institutions locally and overseas. So hopefully by a year, uh, by the end of the year, uh, our foothold in this space is stronger.
0: And there are plans, as you mentioned, to expand the scope beyond supply chain finance. That there any particular segment? Uh, well,
1: that's the thing, right? Um, during this whole economic crisis, um, everyone, not just the corporates, even the SMEs, um They're looking out for alternative financing. Everyone is hoping, uh, folks like the banks, financial institutions, fintech, to come up with more alternative financing. Um, So, yes, so that's very in that space, right? How else can we help? Um, the, the 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 SMEs, right? So that's always been our core proposition. Um, while working with a bank is a way of means of forgetting it, but helping SMEs has always been something uh, strong in our hearts. So, um, yeah. So going forward, that will essentially be our, our core in developing or, uh, you know, enhancing our business development.
0: So I know it's still early days yeah. because you have just launched, but are there... Um, ambitions to expand geographically into different markets? And if so, where is that in your roadmap?
1: Right, right. So, of course, by virtue that, you know, um, uh, we're a Malaysian company, we're established in Malaysia, but we also have parent company in Singapore that's indirectly um, uh, owned by... um, a supply chain company in Hong Kong and, uh, and Refinitiv Thomson Reuters so uh, even before we started we always knew that scaling uh, beyond Malaysian waters is something that we, we have to do so it, you know, we are hoping that um, this will be announced soon as to our plans but yes we do have plans to actually um, go to the Islamic markets that we feel is untapped in the supply chain
0: and um, on a final note like Supply chain finance, of course, is is still relatively new here. What do you think um, is needed in order to sort of advance supply chain financing?
1: Oh, okay. Um, as I say, uh, we were very thankful last week that the government took a leap in announcing and and, and showing that there, there is an understanding by the government surprisingly though because we've not approached any of the government entities so far. Um, so we were quite take, uh, taken by surprise by that. Yes, I think that the, the government has to come and here they have started, they have started. We're hoping that, um, that the banks will uh, see that a finTech, uh, is enabler, perhaps Bank Negara will say too that it will not be able to work without an, an enabling or a catalyst the of fintech. Um, yeah, and hopefully the next way is to see uh, banks working more with fintechs in alternative financing um, rather than competing directly with their uh, current products.
0: Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Narita, thank for you. joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.